straight up, and this could be it. Conway is underneath it. Is this the moment New Zealand can finally celebrate? They certainly can. Tries to find Mahaja back post, and Trent Mahaja, the Newcastle Jets, conceded just a few minutes ago, but they've restored their two-goal advantage. A win to reignite the Forest Fire. Nottingham Forest won. Liverpool nil. Josh Anukar, Manchester delivered the moment of the tournament so far. Anukar picks it up, and it's a brilliant, brilliant finish. Australia have done a job on Scotland here tonight. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Big second hour coming up. Peter Peters will join us shortly. Later in this half hour, Vin Cox, the Godolphin Australia Supremo, will talk about their big day. League Super Quiz is on this hour. Score check. Did well, I think Buzz did... might have won for me last yeah. week. So, Wayne, if you're out there, can I think, you... I think Wayne did at the top of the show. I think it was 26-19. 26-19. T- Wayne, tell me if I'm wrong with that. Um, Jared Daffy will join us with all tab odds and his life lesson for today. And Phil Moss, you'll be like me, he'll be upset that Liverpool went down 1-0 at Nottingham Forest overnight. That's a big loss because they're on a bit of a roll. Hey, Dino, um, on a sad note, a couple of things we should mention. I know you wanted to make particular mention of uh, young Liam Hampson. Yeah, an exceptionally sad and tragic story, Ray. Uh, Liam Hampson, the young Redcliffe Queensland Cup hooker, passed away during the week uh, through an accident while holidaying in Spain. Uh, he was with AJ Brimson and Broncos players Jordan Rickey, Jesse Arthurs. Just 24 years old, Ray. Horrible, horrible story. A young kid goes away for the adventure of his life and, and just doesn't come back. And He'd post on an Instagram a day or two before saying, my life is fantastic. So yeah. it shows you how fragile life can be. But our condolences go out to the Hanson family. And, and uh, incredibly uh, sad and tragic news for the game of rugby league. Yeah, no, well said, Dino. And also, on, sadly, on a similar note, Harry White, one of racing's great characters and all-time great jockeys, passed away yesterday, aged 78. He'd been battling with uh, multiple sclerosis for many years. And, of course, um, Harry was uh, one of the, the great jockeys in the 70s and 80s, Dino. He won four Melbourne Cups, two on Think Big, 74, 75, R1, 78, Hyperno, 79, wrote a lot of great champions for the great Bart Cummings, but more importantly, he was highly respected as a, a, a thorough gentleman, wonderful man, had a quick wit about him, and um, he was an outstanding jockey. He certainly left his mark on racing, Harry White passing away at the age of 78. We'll move on and we'll talk World Cup with our next guest. Peter Peters is on the line. Zorb, good morning. I asked, you know, this question this morning, what can you take out of an 84-0 win that the Kangaroos had against Scotland yesterday? They look good, they look great, but Zorb, to be fair, it was it was a training run, wasn't it? Good morning, Bulldog. Good morning, Ray. Yeah, it certainly was. And, and, and I mean, let's face it, Scotland would struggle to beat Gundagai. They, they're, they're just not up to it anymore. Um, they've gone backwards. Um, I was there in 2013. I've been to a couple of World Cups and they've gone backwards, Scotland, and, and they were no match for a very slick Australian side. But you can only beat what's in front of you. I know we texted before the game and 
I said to you that I'd be surprised if Nathan Cleary didn't kick at least 10 goals. Yeah. Well, what we did find out, that he's a great goal kicker, 12 out of 15, we knew that. But, you know, the, the balls in England, the, the uh, conditions there, they'll, uh, they could be bad, you know, come semi-final time. Um, and, and he's just up to the mark. And, and, and you can only beat what's in front of you. I think what we could take out of that, that there's no, it's, there's no contest for the halfback spot for Australia. Stop the fight now. It was a stroll in the park. But Nathan Cleary's given uh, Mel Meninga no choice in the so-called race for the halfback role. I, I don't think it was ever a race. I don't think that State of Origin has got anything to do with where they are now. Sure, it was, as I said, a puerile Scottish team, but clearly simply carried on his NRL form, controlling the game with ease. He and Munster will form a lethal combination. And as I said, his goal-kicking is uh, sublime. It was um, You couldn't ask for anything more. Meninga would be happy with it, but they need to know that you know that England and New Zealand will be um, will be totally different kettles of fish when they come mm-hmm. up to meet them. At O'Carr, I thought I said it at selection time, and that was halfway through the year. What was Brad Brad Fittler and Greg Alexander thinking when they left the Fox out of the New South Wales Blues? I know he didn't have to do much against Scotland, but he scored the first try and the last try, incredible try. You won't see a better one, um, even though the opposition, as I said, was puerile. But he's infectious, he's brilliant, he's exciting, he's professional, he's a match winner, um, and he's got class. He's Mm. got star power. That's what he brings to every team he plays in. I think fans of rugby league just love this bloke. And he's got courage plus. Don't forget the hit-ups he takes in a game. Um, he's so courageous. And he, the thing about Ado Carr is he knows how fortunate he is. He's been in the gutter in his life. He's out of it now, and he's a professional football player, and he plays with a smile on his face every game. Win, lose, or draw. I'm a fan. I think mm. he's got thousands and thousands of them out there um, that follow other clubs. Yeah. But... He's fantastic, and I've got a suggestion for Scottish Rugby League. They change their name from the Bravehearts to the Peahearts. <laughs> yeah, pretty harsh. ordinary. Just quickly, I'll just butt in, Zorb, for our listeners out there and those who have texted in and called in. We are having problems with our app at the moment, so our technicians are, are working on that, and hopefully we'll get that up and running soon. Dino? Zorb, you were with the Italian team Oh, I think it was the 13 World Cup, and they were really emerging as a strong rugby league nation, but they seem to have gone backwards, Zorb. Flogged overnight by Fiji, 60 points to four. Yeah, well, there's no Anthony Minicellos, uh, and there's no James Tedesco's in this Italian side. Um, it's a rabble. Um, they're a very sad side to look at as well. They won their first game too, so, um, you know, coming up against Fiji, they were... They were no match, and um, I couldn't work out. Um, there was just no pattern of play. Um, they had no go-to plan. Um, they didn't play with any enthusiasm. Uh, no, um, unfortunately, and I've got a lot of mates in the Italian system, and uh, they would be very sad today. And it's ironic, isn't it, that in 2013, James Tedesco was in that side, scored a try in their first game when they beat um, when they beat uh, Wales. 
at Carter's Arms Park as a centre three-quarter in that game. And, um, yeah, it's a shame to see that um, they've slipped. And I also think that, um, well, I don't know what Jamaica's doing there. Um, Wales is another um, a country that's gone backwards um, at the rate of knots. They are terrible as well. Uh, we're not going to see real contests until we get to the uh, quarterfinals. Mm. Hey, you saw one of our listeners, Simon's chimed in. Ja- Josh Adokar reminds me of the days of Larry Corowa, an excitement plus winger. So correct. Hey, um, Zorb, you want to give a rap to Casey Badger? Yeah, I do. Mm. I certainly do. And, and um, listeners to this program will know that I've been advocating for a long, long time that Casey uh, gets a chance um, in... Um, in the NRL, uh, she served her apprenticeship. She's been a touch judge for so long now. I can't, uh, I can't remember when it started, but she's officiated in women's uh, grand finals and um, and semis and everything else. And she's ready, uh, as are you know a few of her um, uh, female whistleblowers as well. But congratulations to her. She will referee Wales against Tonga, and I suggest that Tonga will run right in this one. At, um, at St Helens, uh, a great rugby league stronghold. She'll enjoy the atmosphere mm, there. Mm. Um, the Tongan fans will be there in force. Um, they'll have a big win in this one. She's the first female ref to control the men's match at the World Cup. My only worry about Casey is that her right arm might be very, very sore today because she was a touch judge in the um, Australia versus Scotland um, fiasco. And uh, her right arm would be very sore today because she had to raise it uh, 12 times for Nathan Cleary's shots at goal. Zorb, you're, you were the king of commentators in your heyday. You're still flying. You're still mm. a legend. We still love you. But what have you made of the commentators at the World Cup? Well, some of them are terrible. <laughs> um, the BBC just never get it right, do they? Poor Jonathan Davies, is it? Or Davis? Um, he screeches and uh, doesn't know the players, but I found a diamond amongst a lot of commentary coal at the World mm. Cup. Now, I know he's done good things on Fox in recent years, but James Graham can be a real star in the media, in television commentary or radio commentary. I heard him call a game during the week with a very talented uh, Jenna Brooks who works for... Sky Channel in England. She is their sideline person and she's very, very good. She called the game with James Graham and it was a a nothing game between a couple of minnows, but I'm a sucker for punishment. But (laughs) I sat up and I listened and he is so knowledgeable, so articulate, analytically, he's fantastic and he's Mm. funny. He knows the game inside out. He loves it and... If I'm at Channel 9 now, or Fox, I'd be signing him up and putting him on a long-term contract because he's a star in the making. Um, He's just got it all. Mm. And and I think out of the World Cup, he's been a gem that we've found. Yeah, He's a good fella, James Graham, too, Ray, and and, and Zorbas, you guys probably know. And He's a bit of a man's man, and you've got to appreciate that. Mm. He says it as it is. Uh, he's got experience. He's a tough old hombre too. So oh, I'm with you, Zorb. I think uh, he's got a huge future. And I can't see why he won't be a mm. commentator, not just on the panel shows, 
uh, in, in coming years. And Sorb says his analysis of the game is fantastic. Hey, Sorb, you've touched a, a nerve here. This is Steve chiming in 100% with Sorba. Josh Adokar is my favourite player in the NRL. I think leaving out of the Blues team, lost us the series, is up there with the likes of Brett Mullins, Matt Bowen, etc. And that, that goes to what you were saying, wasn't it, Sorb? But he's, he's just excitement. Plus, when he gets the football, whatever he's doing in the game, he does it with high energy and, and you can't take your eyes off him. No, you can't. But but I, you know what I love about him is that he loves golf. Mm, I mean, yeah. you know, Adokar's story, his life story, is is not a happy one as a young young person. Mm. Um, I remember calling um, his his grandfather uh, in boxing bouts, um, and and I he he goes back to his grandfather for um, for. Uh, how he wants to live his life and yep. and, and be a, an inspiration to his people. And um, I just think he's a superstar. Mm. I love him. And um, he's one of the players that I would get up any time of the day uh, to all night to watch him play. And, and I know the public out there just adore him. Uh, Canterbury um, have got such an excitement machine and that we're looking forward to a big season from them, um, big Viliami Kikau ran riot today against Italy. They um, they actually put the white flag up a couple of times when they saw um, big uh, Viliami yeah. run at them. He, he scored the first try after a couple of minutes and set the pattern for Fiji. But um, uh, the Italians were uh, were running for cover pretty quickly. Now Zorba was up your way over the weekend. I took my darling mother up to the Star of the Sea at Terrigal with Bob the Boss, the legend of Terrigal. It's a top spot up there, Terrigal. Yeah, beautiful spot. Although, if you read the pollution um, uh, details of the beaches uh, in New South Wales during the week, you would be sticking that red hair if you was in that water. Uh, <laughs> well, storm water, going yeah. Further up the coast. You know, I drove up there last time we were up there. And so I you, took, you didn't tell us all you No, no, no. I just took my mum up for a drive up around oh, the okay. entrance. Yeah. We drive past the cafe. There he is. The great side man. of the road. The great man. Did you pop in and say fresco. Outside, surrounded by these blokes, <laughs> holding court, waving his arms around and telling them how it should be done and how it shouldn't be done. <laughs> Big Zorboski. Hey, the Zorb. frame. You couldn't miss it. Uh, fair enough. Zorb, did you know the, the great man Dino was going up the last few days? No, he brushed He's me. brushed you. <laughs> You've brushed I didn't brush you. I told mate. you it was a last minute thing. <laughs> You brush your old mate. <laughs> hey, hey, Zorb, we're only early into this competition, but who, who wins the World Cup? Uh, I don't think we're any good things. Mm. No, I would, I, would, I would think that probably the winner of Australia, New Zealand, and they're on the, they'll end up on the same side of the draw. They can't meet the final. So I, it's only a three-horse race. We knew that at the start. It's out of Australia, New Zealand, and England. There were some people suggesting that Samoa would be in it, but I I, I never thought that. Mm. And uh, they just aren't they aren't um, they aren't the type of side that will fit in with English conditions, hotels, training. Uh, they would be missing um, missing that big thing called the sun. Aren't we all? We're not we all but here in, in Australia <laughs> at the moment either. Yeah. Now Zorb, you've upset one of our listeners, Pino the Tyler. Who? Pino the Tyler. Pino the Tyler. Pino. Why are we wasting our time listening to Zorba slagging Scotland and Italy? He's not, ha- he's not happy you're slagging off the minnows. Well, 
What's that guy? What's his name? Pino the Tyler. Okay, the Tyler. Well, Tyler, I tell it like it is. And if you want to sugarcoat those puerile sides, they are an embarrassment to being representing their nation. Um, I mean, rugby league is not played much in Italy. It's not played much in Wales. Is it played in Jamaica, Zorb? Oh, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> what are they doing in the World Cup? I don't think so, no. <laughs> um, I can't imagine it, although they would have some good wingers over there in the making. <laughs> some Usain Bolts to flash down the outside. Yeah, he'd be there on the wing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not put him on there? He tried his hand at soccer. He's terrible. Exactly. Just passing the ball. Coast Mariners. He was embarrassing. Just give him some open space. Let Usain do his thing. Hey, Zorb, keep enjoying the World Cup. Can we get him off air before we all get kicked off? No, no, it's all good. I feel something looming here, Zorb. No, no, he's okay. Hey, Zorb, (laughs) keep enjoying the World Cup because these these games will get tighter and better very, very shortly. And long as the Australians don't get any injuries in the next couple of weeks and get through to the the main event, the semi-final time, because that'll be a huge clash against New Zealand. Hey, Zorb, we'll talk next week. Okay, boys, and a cheerio to Gavin Badger, who must be the proudest man uh, in the refereeing ranks or ex-refereeing ranks at the moment. Great bloke, Gavin. Long-term referee. To have his wife referee uh, in a men's World Cup is just... I just know that family would be over the moon with that. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, 100%. Thanks, Zorb. Hey, go on, Zorb. We'll talk next week. Yeah, boys. Hey, hey, Dina, just quickly, one of our listeners, I think it's Mara from Eagle Vale. Um, Charlie Staines going to the Tigers along with Api Corusel and, and Papalili from Parramatta. Um, Charlie Staines, a good winger. Your take now, the Tigers staying to build? Yeah, I think so, Ray. I still think there's a long road ahead. Um, mm. A couple of good buys there, don't get me wrong. Uh, Staines goes to West Tigers and in return, Tyrone Peachy returns to Penrith. So that's a good buy. And I'm sure Ivan will get the best out of Tyrone. Look, they're trying hard, the Tigers. They're in the hunt for a lot of players. They've done well in terms of recruitment, but I still think there's a long, long way to go. Exactly. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Punters Postmortem with Dave Stanley. For me personally, it was probably the best day I've ever had at a racetrack. Ron Duffersey. It's just hard to isolate the highlights because, you know, obviously it was giga kick to do what he did, set the tongues wagging to say, how did that happen? Dean Lester. The one thing I thought he really appreciated would be a fast speed, and that was, uh, I think, the one thing in his favour, and that's exactly what transpired on Saturday. Punters Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Australia's favourite windows and doors. Excuse me, i just got to get the door. Jess, can you take over, please? Yep, sure. Australia's favourite windows and doors are available at... Ah, sorry. Now someone's knocking at the back door. Um, how about we let the main voiceover guy take over? Wideline Windows and Doors. Bring over 50 years of producing quality Australian-made windows and doors that bring life into your home. Enhance the feeling of home with Wideline Windows and Doors. Inquire now at wideline.com.au. Revel in sky-high celebrations at Western Sydney's biggest spring party, Golden Eagle Day. Feel the beat of world-class racing with $10 million to be won in Australia's second richest turf race. Plus the final leg of the Sydney Sprint Series, the $3 million Nature Strip Stakes. Then wrap up with an epic performance by Rudimental. This is Sydney's golden playground. Golden Eagle Day, where stories are made. Saturday, October 29, Rose Hill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. Watch them fly before you buy at the Magic Millions Gold Coast two-year-olds in training sale on October 25. It's the sale that produces big-time performers like recent domestic stars Crone, Victorum and Tyzone 
an international sensation's limbs lightning and top knight. A quality lineup of ready-made two-year-olds, broken in and educated by world-class preparers, ready to make their mark on the track. To view the catalogue, photos, parade videos and breeze-ups and to register to bid online, visit magicmillions.com.au. Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. This is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Your first big hit, Dino? That would have been was, on it? 79? East? 80? Yeah, it was, East, East, it was yeah. 1980, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no. Producer Stephen knows his music's giving you the thumbs they up. They all wrote songs, cultures, or two. They all had ability. Don mm. was the, the main songwriter, but you go through and they all had a song or two along the way. Now, apart from... It's very rare in a band. Yeah, apart from um, Michelle from Dub Vegas, who's been very kind, saying you've got a good singing voice. I think the majority <laughs> of our listeners have decided they don't want to hear us sing... That's all right. ...or murder these cold chisel songs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and okay, just I apologise. And just for our Queensland listeners who did join us in this hour, we have got Don Walker, one of the cold chisel band members, on the show after 9am to talk rugby league, but we'll... And he is a mad Broncos and Queensland fan. Okay. I wonder what our next guest is because he's based on the Gold Coast. I wonder which team he follows, being a former Sydney side. We'll ask him. Godolphin Australia's Supremo, Vin Cox, is on the line. Vin, good morning. Who who is your NRL team? (laughs) Uh, Good morning, Ray. Look, I have to say I'm a proud Titan man. Um, Fair enough. uh, Having having lived on the Gold Coast now for 12 years, uh, you've got to follow the local team. Exactly. Do you go to many games, Vin, or do you get time? Yeah, I don't go to a lot, but I probably, you know, average three or four games a year, um, which I very much enjoy. Unfortunately, it's been a... Tough few years, but uh, hopefully things will turn turn for the better. Exactly. Well, maybe the Titans might hope some of the Blue Army's uh, good fortune and success rubs off because it's been a fantastic year, but particularly the Spring Carnival. Yesterday was one of those momentous days when you look back on years to come. The Cox Plate win of Animo, the Calendar Presnell win of Golden Mile, the win of Barber in the Kirkham Plate. Everything just sort of worked well for the Blue Army yesterday. Yeah, it was a it was a wonderful day yesterday, and as you suggest, it's been a sensational carnival for mm-hmm. us. And but to win a Cox Plate, it's one of the pinnacle races on on the Australian calendar, and has long been acknowledged as as the Way Parade Championship in Australian racing. And uh, every year, there's a there's a story, a backstory around around the Cox Plate and the field and and everything else. And, mm-hmm. But but what the race always throws up is the best horse exactly. and um, we think we've got the best horse and I think it was justifiably proved yesterday. Uh, I guess people like, well, probably I'm one of the worst at this, would often label a horse a champion too soon. When do we acknowledge this horse's champion qualities? Um, I agree. I think people do use that moniker quite uh, freely. Um, I don't know. I think once, once, once they're retired, I think you can say they're champions. I guess Winks would have got a well, you know, early in her career, but um, look, we're very proud of the horse at the moment. He's a Group One winner at two. He's a Group One winner at three, and and now he's had four runs as a as a four year old before Group One wins. Yeah. So he's getting very close to that mark. Yeah, exactly. And is he racing on this spring? There's another Group One in a couple of weeks at Flemington. Yeah, there is the um, what they the old McKinnon or now called the Champion Stakes over two thousand metres. We'll have a look at that. Um, of the, the horse's welfare is first and foremost, and um, if he's fitting well, we'll certainly take aim at it. But um, uh, yeah, we'll just as as the, yeah, as the saying goes, we'll let the dust settle a bit, have a mm-hmm. chat tomorrow, and and just see where we where we want to go. Uh, Vin Animo seems to be getting 
better. And we're all a long time retired. Is there any chance this horse could race on as a five-year-old? Oh, that's a little way off at the moment, but um, the, the, probably the preference at this stage is probably to retire him. We, we took the chance this year to, to race him on, and uh, whereas a lot of people would have retired him, and mm. um, this paid off in our favour. Uh, very, very much. So uh, I'm not sure we want to roll with those again. Fair enough. What What other plans going forward after the spring carnival, Vin? A lot's been suggested about an overseas campaign. Um, have you had a chance to to talk to Sheikh Mohammed or he, or um, his advisors overseas and work out what you may do with Animo next year? Yeah, no, we're just um, chatting about it earlier here this morning, and um, there are options to, to go overseas and. Uh, it'd be great. It'd be a great opportunity to, to say go through Dubai and, and, and put him in front of Sheikh Mohammed and um, and potentially go into Royal Ascot, which uh, is is one way we can really prove the horse on the world scale on the international uh, stage and and uh, and prove his worth up there. So uh, they're, they're just you know, loose talk at the moment, but yeah. it'd be certainly. Certainly something we're, we're thinking about. Uh, just one more, Animo. And I was talking to Bruce McAvaney during the week, and he raised a really salient point. He said he hasn't seen particularly a, a stallion, a four-year-old stallion, with the will to win that Animo has got. He doesn't win his races by huge margins. The Rose Hill Guinea is the obvious exception. But, gee, he's hard to beat. He's very hard to beat. Yeah, yeah that's the character of the horse. He really, you know, he knows where the winning post is. He attacks the line with, with vigour, and uh, it's, it's great to see. Just, you know, he's, he's enjoying his racing. He's obviously racing at the highest level. Mm. Um, but that's the character of the horse. But you know, if, you, if you think about Stallions um, retiring to start or Stallions racing, very few have got a race record uh, the calibre of this bloke. Yeah. Um, you'd have to go back nearly 20, 30 years. I reckon Lonro. You go back yeah. to Lonro, yeah. So. He'd be the one. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, we, we, we own Lonro, and uh, he'd be a, a nice horse to retire to the farm and, and, and stand in the barn next door to well, next door to Lonro. Yeah, no, he's he's an excitement machine. As is this three-year-old Golden Mile. He's a magnificent colt to look at, but he's still got some furnishing to do. So what he's done this spring... Vin, is it a bit of a bonus, this Caulfield Guineas win, the calendar Presnell yesterday? Because this colt's got so much upside, and Hugh Bowman made reference to that yesterday. Yeah, he's he's really stepped up, um, this horse. Uh, he's a horse we always had a, a very high opinion of. Um, he he came through the Sydney races and landed in, in, the, in the Caulfield Guineas, and we had the red-hot favourite in the week leading up to the race in after cabin. And, mm. um, unfortunately, we had to put him in the paddock and uh, ease up on him. And, and he was a, a very able and certainly very capable, um, not like a replacement, but, but certainly he was in the race already and won that race particularly well, taking back to Sydney um, to send him around Brownwick. He had never raced at Brownwick before, over the mile. And... Uh, that sets him up nicely for next year, whether that's a Roundwick Guineas or potentially a Doncaster or, or those those types of races. But he's a very good-looking horse. Mm. Uh, he's a son of a stern, and uh, I think he's got a very bright future. Now, Vin, one of our loyal listeners called mm. Rooster Bob has texted in. I'm not sure this is right, but I'll I think, think it you. is. Yeah. Vin Cox is a former first-grade rugby referee. <laughs> is this correct? That's, uh, that is correct, yes. You're down here in Sydney, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, I was, when, when I'm in my Sydney days, no, I was, uh, a lot of uh, many, many seasons refereeing rugby, and 
uh, fortunate enough to, to, to referee Sheet Shield level and, and enjoyed it very much. What the years were they been, Vin? Was that yeah, around yeah. the Great Ramwick era? Or? Yeah. I was, um, I was more, the university were, were, were strong in those days. I was sort of uh, the early 2006 to 10 ish, when I was doing sort of mainly my main grade referee. So, um, no, thoroughly enjoyed it. Refereed some wonderful players and uh, still enjoy the enjoy the rugby and you do run into those players around the place um, mm. uh, which is kind of fun as well I reckon it's seemed up for this job good old from Australia Supreme you've got to be a good mediator I reckon Vinda <laughs> to make sure everyone's happy on the same page I reckon uh, you do a bit there's a bit of a delicate dance sometimes but um, but yeah no it's uh, it is a, it's a great organisation there's a lot of uh, wonderful people that work for it but you know we, we all have one ambition and that's to you know, to try and uh, win as many races and as, and as high quality races as we can so uh, it's a pretty easy target exactly well, at the moment it's going great just one final one Vin um, Valana and Brigantine high up in the markets for the, the Golden Eagle next Saturday is it Godolphin's plan to run both yes at this stage all being well um, the, I think they both ran very very well last week at Randwick and uh, we look forward to heading to the Golden Eagle and um, it'd be nice if, uh, if we were happen, happen to win that, having won it a few years ago with Colette. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. uh, it's an exciting exciting prospect this week. Exactly. Valana was so good in the Silver Eagle, wasn't he? First up too. Yeah, no. He was first up and put away a pretty solid feel, very mm. good feel. I think this you know, is good form in that in that race. Uh, he's a horse that we, we've got a lot of time for, for obvious reasons, and uh, he too has got a, a big future ahead of him. Exactly. Hey, look, Ben, congratulations on the success yesterday to you, James Cummings, all the team. Um, congratulations on bringing into the world, so to speak, this animo who is just an excitement machine to watch. And um, thanks so much for joining us on a Sunday morning. No worries, lads. Appreciate the support. There's Vin Cox, the Supreme of Godolphin, Australia. And this horse was born and bred on their property. They've brought him through their their um their system so to speak Dino and now they've got one of the best racehorses in the world. Yeah, fascinating man, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, no. have done what he has done as a trainer, but also to have uh, yeah. refereed at shoot shield level, yeah, which is go. pretty high. He's, he's a very intelligent, measured man, Vin, as we heard. James on the line. James, good morning. Yeah, good morning, fellas. How are you, James? Uh, what do you got yeah, for us, mate? An interesting um, story about the uh, kangaroos. Actually, I went uh, when I was going on my first uni degree. I uh, did a communication studies assignment and I went to the Rugby League World Cup in 95. Yeah. And I went and uh, went to Newcastle in England and uh, the Kangaroos flogged South Africa and a record score back then. I think it got equipped last night with the Scotland game. But uh, 82 to 6 from memory. Right. Mm-hmm. Andrew Johns went berserk. But... Uh, um, what was very interesting, I went and visited a mate in London a day or two later and I was reading the London Examiner or whatever newspaper was down there and they said the South African Rugby League was inundated with thousands upon thousands of South African players wanting to join and play Rugby League after such a devastating loss. So I wouldn't say all these losses are a bad thing, but it depends which country you're in because, um, unfortunately, uh, I think the South African Rugby Union threatened to black band all those players if they went and played rugby league, mm. which is what, ha- is what happened back then. And I assume the same sort of regime exists nowadays as well. But 
Yeah, um, if you're in a country which offers a fair go, um, seeing a country, like, it'll be interesting to see what the effects are when your nation is flogged, but it might be international publicity. Yeah, no, good call. If, yeah. if they have to be flogged, they might actually have a positive thing for the game because people go, well, I'm going to go I see where you're now. coming from, James. Yeah, it yeah. sort of it, it brings on that interest in the sport and people say, I want to have a go at this, Dino. Yeah, it's certainly right mm. uh, what James says. Look, rugby league is a wonderful sport, Ray. I, I think most nations around the world would embrace rugby league because of the collision, the physicality, the ferocity. It's just money. Mm. It's very hard to start up in these countries when yep. you don't have the money. I mean, America has been sitting there for years waiting for perhaps rugby league to go and take a very small portion of the market. Yep. That's again, a massive market. We don't have the money to do it. Yeah. You know, Europe, we don't have the money to do it. Uh, James has mentioned South Africa. Mm. It's, it's easy to say, let's charge into these nations, yeah. but getting that foothold takes a lot of money yeah, and the game point. just doesn't happen. Yeah. Laurie's on the line. Laurie, good morning. Hello, fellas. Is uh, Dino there? I got you, Laurie. Mate, when you're talking about Henson Park and the facilities and that, do you ever go to any of the uh, country clubs like Thelmere or Hendon, all those places there where all the toilets are terrible and the facilities are disgusting for the people? Have you ever seen those places? Oh, I've been to a lot of the country... Um yeah, grounds, yeah, where the facilities aren't great, yes. Well, it's terrible, mate. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, it's, it's terrible. I go to a lot of junior games, and it, it's, it's terrible to take your wife to some of the toilets and, and the canteens and the Kirk and Mabel at Camden. That's it's up to the local council, it, Laurie. I mean, they should be spending money on facilities. That's why you guys pay taxes, to have these grounds but, at least up to some sort of standard where... As you say, you can take your wife and children and feel like you're not walking into grubby facilities. That's right. That's, that's, not, that's not fair to the people and, you know. Yeah. And I, I think there is an appreciation now from administrators that you've got to have um, world-class amenities now for the viewing public. And hence, we've got a couple of new stadiums in Sydney which, which are outstanding not only to watch rugby league, but in terms of their comfort that they offer the public. And I think that's sort of the, hopefully that'll be the case continuing to go forward because um, people demand and expect that. They're paying good money, Dino. They demand and expect at least they do. to be treated well and, and in comfort when they're watching their, their sport. I agree. I agree, Ray. The point I was making, though, with Henson is that mm. you know when you go to Henson oh, yeah, Park, no, yeah, you're going to go back to the 1980s. But that's why they love it. They love that environment. They love that atmosphere. Mm. They know the facilities aren't great. But for once... Every fortnight for a couple of hours, they go and watch their team play and they love it. And they're happy to see I was just irritated that a rival sport comes in, decides to play at that ground, mm. and then walks off whinging and belly aching. After, and the point you raised, they would have checked it out first. They would have had so, to have. Of course, yeah. Hey, Dino, Wayne did let us know it is 26-19 in the league super quiz. And so call now on 13-53-53. That's 13-53-53 to be part of the league super quiz. There's a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab to give away. Punter's Postmortem with Dave Stanley. For me personally, it was probably the best day I've ever had at a racetrack. Ron Duffersey. It's just hard to isolate the highlights because, you know, obviously it was Giga Kick to do what he did, set the tongues wagging to say, how did that happen? Dean Lester. The one thing I thought he really appreciated be a fast speed, and that was, uh, I think, the one thing in his favour, and that's exactly what transpired on Saturday. Punter's Postmortem, Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, 
and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls, we even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. KO Sports interrupt your ads to bring you T20 World Cup action. Surely gone, yes! First blood, Pakistan! Catch India versus Pakistan. Ad break free in play. Tonight on KO Sports. Now, back to your ads. For all the best in racing and the latest in sport, this is Sky Sports Radio. Coming to you via Bellingen, 87.6 FM. Ningen, 99 FM. Lake Cargelico, 87.6 FM. And Mara, 103.7 FM. Get set for the Golden Eagle. And we're ready to run. Australia's best four-year-olds battle it out for $10 million in prize money. I'm thunderstruck, went boom over the top. Soak up the spring racing carnival action. And after the last, see superstar UK act Rudimental on the main stage. Don't miss out. The Golden Eagle, October 29, Rose Hill Gardens. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. They've got some songs, Dino. Cataloguers songs, eh? You two always play it when you're heading out on a Saturday night with the boys. Just want to whack on the car. And... It's really funny. When I was in my 20s, all my mates loved Cold Chisel. Mm. And I didn't particularly yeah. like them back then. Oh, really? But I've grown up the last 10 years. They've oh. become almost my number Weren't one Weren't you a K-San man? When you... Yeah, I was. Yeah. But as I got older, yeah. I actually started to appreciate them more. And they're not just a hard... Barnsley had that Mate, bottle song... of scotch... Hardness on stage, yeah. but they're actually a, a quality music. Their band. songs stand the test of time. I think that's probably the best thing. Dino, producer Steve is in studio for the coin toss. My Let's friend. go, Steve. I need this one desperately. I'll go heads, please, sir. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Oh, this is spinning. Tails, Tails. It is. Ray. I'll stick to Norman. I'll I'll bat second. I'll let you go. Face the first. So ball. I would be player number one. That would be you, Gary. Yes, it is. You got me. We need this one, champion. I missed the question. You answered the question yet? <laughs> no, I haven't answered. asked the question yet. Good, good, good luck, Gary. Gary here we listen go. very, very carefully. Very carefully, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I know go. what you mean. <laughs> Gary. So, so is the rest of the listening audience, Dino. <laughs> Which country held the first Rugby League World Cup? Which country? Let's go with England. No, it was actually France. Oh, yeah. When was that, Dino? Oh, gee, Ray. 1972? It was 1970s. It was, it was yeah, I looked that up. Yeah, I'm not exactly okay. sure. Gary, question number two. How many times has Australia won the Rugby League World Cup? Is it A9, B10, C11? Uh, uh, let's go nine. Actually, 11. Yeah, they dominate, haven't they? Well, they pretty yeah. much dominate every mm. year. Gary Nunn from two. We need this to stay in the game. Question three. Which country is not competing in this year's Rugby League World Cup? Is it A, Greece, B, Solomon Islands, C, Jamaica? Let's have a guess. Let's go with Greece. No, Gary, they are there. So is Jamaica. 
the Solomon Islands are the ones that are missing. Gary Nunn from three. It's going to be hard to hang on. We'll go across to Sam. Here's our other place. Sam, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, terrific, Sam. I only need one to win this, my friend, so very best of luck. <laughs> Here we go. So the first Rugby League World Cup's in 54. There we go, Dino. So the, question, the question, Sam, is who was the only country Australia defeated in the first Rugby League World Cup in 1954? Oh, that's interesting. Who was the only country Australia defeated? Uh, England? We, we defeated New Zealand, so obviously didn't win yeah. that World Cup, Pino, by the sounds of it. But anyway, que question number two, Sam, this one's multiple choice. Which Rugby League World Cup was the first to have 10 nations compete in the tournament? And Sa Sam, with the answer A, 1989, B, 1992, or C, 1995? I guess C, 95. And that's all she wrote. Well done, Sam. Congratulations. <laughs> Sam, a, stay on the line. A $100 cash card courtesy of Tab is coming your way. So well done, Sam. And I think it, according to Wayne, 27.19. Ray, I reckon mm -hmm. it could be just about over. Yeah, We're on air up yeah. until Christmas. Up to count so we've weeks. got three, seven, eight, nine weeks to go, roughly. Yeah, we'll have to add that up. So I'm, I'm what, about eight ahead. I've got to win every week. Gee. Every single week. And I'm like the Australian uh, T20 team. We, we, yeah, we're, we're three cartons, aren't we? One. Hey? One. Producer Steve, wasn't it three? I'll give you one good one. <laughs> one good one. Okay, one good well, one. Wasn't that cheap one you're going to buy yeah. me, was it? <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> I can't remember. Like damn water. <laughs> Coming up next, Jared Daffy with today's life lesson. On the Big Sports Breakfast... Well, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Where do missing socks go? How do you throw away a garbage can? Do fish sleep? Why do donuts have holes? If you find out, can you let me know, please? Jared Daffy's Words of Wisdom. Why does quicksand work so slowly? <laughs> Should it be renamed? Please explain. Jared, good morning. There's a few That's pieces of gold there, wasn't there? There was some gold there. Hey, Jared, what do you got for us today, my friend? Morning, boys. Well, this one has always been a quandary for me. Why do fat chance and slim chance mean the same thing? That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. Jared, I've, you've, I've you've, got a reserve. Uh, far oh. away, far away. Why are you in a movie but on TV? Yes. Yeah. Not bad. You probably mm. should have just stuck to when you were ahead, but anyway. Okay. You're always got to go that one step too far, don't you? He was on uh, a roll. Dean, he was Dean. on a roll. You know what? He's like a showman. You just said, do you know what you said before? He's like a showman. <laughs> you he said, gets a laugh and he just says, I can't stop. I've got to keep going here. <laughs> he was on well, a roll. You did a laugh before when you said you've got to win eight in a row to win. You can't win one in a row. I know. I know. That's ambitious. Hey, um, hey, Jerry, before we get on to the odds, which are highly important, you a cold chisel man? Don't mind them. Best don't favourite song? Uh, K-San. Yeah, I'm with you. There you go, Dino. K-San. My, uh, my music ends round about uh, 1975, with a few exceptions, and they're one of them. <laughs> Who is your favourite band, Jared? What's the Daffy? Oh, the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees? That doesn't yeah. surprise me, actually, with you. Yeah, the Bee Gees. Yeah. But That's sort but of a bit like your personality, isn't it? <laughs> Why is that? Oh, just a bit beige, you know? <laughs> No, no, that's when, music, that's when music was music. Right, okay. There's a lot of head bashing stuff now. 
Hey, Willow, um, regular listener from Windsor's chimed in. Morning, Lennon McCartney. I think he's having a shot at us. So you blokes taking song requests this morning. Love the cold <laughs> chisel song, cheap wine. Great song. And he's declared the quiz is all over. He, he reckons I'm the champ for 2022. Oh, Willow thanks, texted last thanks, night Scoop. saying, mm. welcome back to me after Buzz filled in. And mm. I said, Lennon and McCartney are back. <laughs> Before we go to Jared, Blue Bags is texting. Dean Ritchie, take a bow. Thanks for sticking up for the good old Henson Park. At least the Newdown Jets mm. get 8,970 people there every home game. Hey, I wasn't going to raise this, but uh, but I will. Um, <laughs> gee, was impressive last week, Buzz. <laughs> very, very calm, <laughs> sedate. Here's some Bee Gees. Uh, no oh, no Bee Gees. fence sitting. Can you sing this song, Jared? No, I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. <laughs> do you dance? No, don't do that either. I, I don't see the point. I reckon you would have cut the rug in your day. The old dance floor's up no. there in Brisbane. This no, what about you're doing your best as a young man? You had to get up there, do your best. Jared? No, 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 no. Leave me right out of that. Okay. Could you imagine Jared's uh, line to the women? You're looking lovely, darling. And I've got a great tip for you, Doomer, tomorrow. <laughs> I think I've told this story before. I don't know whether I've told it on this station, but uh, myself and my bride now of many years, I don't know how many it is, but it's a lot. Our first date. Sandown Dogs after race five. This is true. This was in the day when Thursdays were paydays. And this actually happened. Uh, I ran out after race five, so I snipped her for 100. And once she handed over, I knew she was the one. It's very good. Tanya and I went to an NRL game that oh, first day. Well, that's pretty sedate. Yeah. <laughs> Which it worked. Though. We love it. Do you want some prices? Yes, yeah, well, we better move on. Cricket World Cup today. <laughs> Let's go, mate. Yeah. Sri Lanka, $1.35. Ireland, three twenty. That will be followed by, what a ripper this will be, sell out at the MCG. I think they sold it out in not, uh, 30 minutes. 90-something thousand. India, $1.50. Pakistan, two sixty. So hopefully it doesn't rain there tonight. Uh, tomorrow, a couple. Bangladesh, $1.25. Netherlands, 4 And South Africa, $1.10. Zimbabwe, at 7 We do have um, a couple of big bash matches today. Sydney Thunder, 175 The Stars, at 205 the Scorchers 145, the Hurricanes 270. But on the back of that loss by Australia last night, a major reshuffle to the market to win the T20 World Cup. England the faves now, 350 ahead mm. of India at 450. New Zealand into five, Australia way out to 650. South Africa eight, Pakistan 10, and the rest are 34 or better. So a rather significant loss there last night by the Aussies. A rugby league World Cup. For those who are keeping count or are interested, we've had 12 matches so far, Dino. Only three favourites have covered the line. Uh, we've got uh, some big lines coming up. Not so much in the first one tonight. Lebanon, $2.30. Slight outsiders. Ireland at one sixty-two. a line there, four and a half points. Samoa v Greece. Uh, Samoa, minus 52 and a half points. So that's the 3am tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday morning at 5.30, Tonga, minus 44.5 against Wales. And the Wednesday 5.30 match, um, PNG at $1.14, Cook Islands 5.50, and a line there of 16.5 points. So they're coming thick and fast. Mm, we've got some netball and NBL to watch today, Jared. We have the final of the Constellation Cup. Uh, New Zealand lead the Series 2-1. Big win by our girls the other night. Uh, this one on at uh, 7.30 tonight. On Fox, Australia a dollar thirty, New Zealand three thirty, line of five and a half points, and we do have a couple of NBL matches today. And gee, they're getting up without names in the mm. NBL. It's smashing win by the uh, Tassie Jack Jumpers last night over Perth. Today, Cairns a dollar sixty-five, New Zealand two twenty-five, a line of three and a half points, 
and that will be followed at four o'clock. This should be a beauty. Melbourne United two dollars thirty, Sydney Kings a dollar sixty two, and a line of three and a half points in favour of Sydney. Jared, you know a lot of people who've been married a long time try to you know, rekindle, including myself. Yeah, they try to rekindle it by going back to the very place where they met and reliving that moment of charm and falling in love. Really. Yeah. Well, Tanya and I met here in the radio. Well, you come here every week. Every That's week. different. <laughs> so, do you ever go back to Sandown Dogs with your lovely wife? No, but but I, I I'm a role player, so I go to a lot of other dog tracks, right and, uh, and and the bride comes along. But and, and this is a story for another day. But uh, our wedding nearly got called off because uh, I was funding it, and things weren't that good until the num the right numbers jumped up in the quaddie the previous Outstanding. Saturday. <laughs> You got me thinking about talk topic, Jared. Great pickup lines. We might look at that one for next oh, week. Dear. Hey, Jared, appreciate it Thanks, as always. Jared. We'll talk next Sunday. See you, boys. <laughs> There's Jared Daffy. Phil Moss is on the line. Well, Mossy, good morning. We're in a jovial mood, but you and I shouldn't be because that was a horror loss overnight. Liverpool, Nottingham Forest, well done to them, 1 0. Good morning, Phil. Uh, it's a double whammy, Ray. Good morning to you, yeah. Bulldog, because there's that loss. And then I also heard Jared Daffy just say that he's a role player. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me. that. <laughs> Where'd you meet your lovely wife, Mossy? Yeah. Um, where did we, we met, uh, gee, if I go way, way back, we met on the sidelines of a football field, which shouldn't be a surprise. Right. Uh, what, what, I was surprised that Ray and Tanya met in the, yeah. in the radio station either. Yeah. What was the pick-up line, Mossy? Oh, look, if you play your cards right, you could be mine tonight. You know, oh, like no. that, I don't know. <laughs> Giddy up! <laughs> Well, it worked. Good oh, on you, dear, mate. Dear. We better move on. <laughs> hey, I did mention it earlier. Women's World Cup draw. Um, that's not good for Australia. It's a group of death. Well, that's right. It depends how you look at it, Ray. Mm. And, and I know you're a glass half full type of guy, as, as I am. And uh, look, I I always see these things as as a group of opportunity. I mean, you don't go to a World Cup expecting an easy draw. And and I would like to think that the noises that will emanate from the Matildas camp and those around it, uh, ex-players, commentators, uh, the general public see it as a fantastic opportunity to, to make history and mm. um, you know win a World Cup game on home soil, get out of the group. Uh, yes, it's tough. Of course it is. Uh, Republic of Ireland, they're ranked 31st. That, that's how we opened the tournament on July 20 at uh, Allianz Stadium in Sydney. Uh, then we take on Nigeria, ranked 45th um, on July 27, uh, 11 times African Nations champions and, and then Canada who are ranked sixth. So they're the highest ranked team that we take, that take on and they obviously won the, the Tokyo Olympic Games recently. But we're ranked 11th. So we're, we're heads and shoulders above uh, Republic of Ireland and Nigeria in the rankings. But of course those numbers mean little compared to the form going into the tournament and, and how you perform on the big stage. So wonderful uh, to see the, the Women's World Cup start to come to life. It's starting to feel real now. After that draw last night in uh, in Auckland, 800 people there, 29 nations of the 32 uh, were represented. Um, still a couple of nations to qualify for it, and uh, and of course the final, the uh, the climax of that tournament will be at Stadium Australia on August 20. Just for our New Zealand listeners, uh, Norway, Switzerland, and Philippines, which is coached of course by Alan Stadjic, uh, the ex Matildas coach who's created history with the Philippines, getting them there. Um, and they're in that group with uh, New Zealand. So, uh, so many subplots to this tournament. Mm. Uh, Mossy in the EPL, Everton, they really ripped apart uh, Crystal Palace and there was some late drama at Stamford Bridge. 
There was, Ray, uh, uh, Bulldog, sorry. Um, of course, uh, we, we spoke very briefly about that Liverpool. We brushed over that one. <laughs> yeah, we did. But uh, look, let me, let, me just, uh, let me just focus on that just for a moment because I, I, it's going to take every star in the universe to align for us to win yeah. the title this season now. I, I, I can't remember in recent modern EPL history uh, the champions uh, having lost to a, a team, and this is with all due respect to Forest fans, but you, you can't go and lose games like that if you if you're going to win the win the title. So um, it is a huge mountain to climb for Liverpool now. But uh, let's leave that one alone for now and go to what Bulldog was referencing. Everton, they were fantastic. They scored what I believe will be two contenders for team goal of the season uh, with wonderful football. Throughout, uh, Lampard has had his critics. Uh, he's gone through some tough times. Obviously, got sacked at Chelsea. Um, was teetering on the brink at, at Everton. And look, he's not. Uh, I'm not saying that he's got a job for life there yet. Mm. Uh, but more performances like overnight um, and the football that they played uh, will will certainly do his prospects no harm. Three nil over Crystal Palace and at Chelsea, um, fantastic uh, late drama. Nil uh, nil in the 86th minute. Uh, Chelsea take a 1-0 lead through a Jorginho penalty uh, in the 87th minute and then Casemiro pops up in the 94th minute uh, to give Manchester United a a share of the spoils. And I think Manchester United fully deserved at least a point out of that game. They had some guilt-edge chances in the first half um, and and didn't take them. But, uh, yeah, I think the the spoils shared was a fair result in that one. Mm. Uh, Back home, the A-League and Melbourne City got the job done over Melbourne victory in that Big local derby. Yes, they did. Josh Bilante uh, red-carded in the first half. Um, it was a big talking point. Two yellow cards. Look, I, I was happy enough with the second yellow card. I thought the first one was quite soft um, from the referee. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's, it's a derby. Emotions are high. But Josh Bilante had just missed a guilt-edge chance uh, with a header. And Manchester City, uh, Manchester City, Melbourne City mm. went down the other end and scored. Jamie McLaren from the penalty spot never misses. Um, and then uh, an own goal by Cadete um, gave Melbourne City a 2 0 lead. Um, Melbourne City came out of the blocks well. Uh, Melbourne victory a, a little bit sluggish. Nani gave the penalty away to give Melbourne City uh, that advantage uh, from McLaren from the spot. But uh, wonderful scenes down there. Great crowd, great atmosphere, fantastic game of football. Shame it was reduced to 10 v 11 uh, so early on with Brillante in the 35th minute. Uh, but an advertisement that the A-League is, uh, has got some life in it. Mm. The, the Wanderers and held Brisbane to a draw. Newcastle, that was a significant um, effort against Wellington yesterday. 17-year hoodoo broken. That's right, Ray. Uh, they haven't gone back-to-back wins to start a season, Newcastle, in 17 years. Mm. Uh, they managed it yesterday. They were very, very good. Arthur Pappas has got a wonderful front line. Um, Soterio, uh, Bahaja, uh, Piscopo, um, uh, uh, just a few to name. And, um, and Darts Melia, Becca Darts Melia. And they did it without Becca Tad, uh, Mikitadze, who was injured. And he scored the winner last week in the, in the last minute. Um, they're they're going to be an exciting team to watch this season going forward. Uh, a lot of firepower. They haven't really got a recognised back-to-goal striker, but they've got so much pace mm. and firepower, and uh, they will be exciting and fully deserve that win yesterday. Western United and MacArthur shared the spoils on Friday night, so Dwight York couldn't get the three points for his team down there 
in Melbourne, and uh, as you said, Western United, uh, Western Sydney, sorry, and Brisbane had to share the spoils um, last night. Today, we've got Sydney FC hosting Adelaide at Allianz Stadium. I'll be out there for that one. Can't wait. Uh, spent a little bit of time with Stevie Corrigan yesterday. He's uh, confident, um, mm-hmm. certainly not arrogant, but confident. The boys have trained well this uh, this week, and he's uh, he's in a buoyant mood going into this one. Yeah, go Sydney FC. What are they party a multi for the weekend, Mossy? Uh, they are absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've got. Uh, I've been. I'm going to put my hand up here, Bulldog, and look. I've put my hands up. You can. You can fire the bullets if you like. But I've been horrible this weekend so far. Every, um, every losing bet means you're one bet closer to a winner. That's my philosophy, exactly. mate. Necessarily. No, yes, you've got to keep that philosophy, otherwise you can't punt. <laughs> well, I gave I gave the boys on uh, on Friday morning a five league multi that I thought was absolutely. Uh, I was really confident on that one, and I've lost out of the five leagues one, two. We have already failed. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll reset. We'll reset, re- my friend. Yeah. Resetting. Here we go. Okay. Sydney FC into the Mariners, mm-hmm. into Aston Villa, with uh, Stephen Gerrard unfortunately yeah, sacked torpedo. on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So a bounce back uh, result for Villa with a new manager uh, into Arsenal. So Sydney FC, Mariners, Villa, and Arsenal. Terrific. Hey, Phil. As always, appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning. We'll talk next week. Good on you guys. Have a great day. There's Phil Moss talking the world of football. Here's the news.